with me to the book of Matthew, chapter number 11. And we're going to start reading here at verse number 28. Amen. Matthew 11 and 28. We have here a few weeks back uh, had started this sermon series on Take My Yoke Upon You. And uh, we are looking here at Matthew 11 as our central text. And uh, when you get to your place there, if you'd stand with us tonight, once again, for the reading of the Word of God. And we are going to read here these very familiar verses. And uh, take a look here at what the Lord, amen, would say to us this evening. Praise the Lord. Matthew 11, starting in verse 28, if you're there, would just say, Amen. The Bible says, Jesus speaking, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I don't know about you, sounds like a promise to me, doesn't it to you? Amen. He doesn't say, I might, depends on how, how big the load is, depends on how burdened you are, we'll, we'll check and see. Have you, have you ever done that? Before you volunteered something, you'd say, I, let, me, let me check and see. i got to make sure i got the right stuff, the right tools. The right." Uh, Jesus, he, he didn't use any of that. He said, you just come on. He said, if you labor and are heavy laden, he said, and here's what I'm going to do. I will. Somebody say, I will. I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Can we pray one more time together? Father, I thank you for each and every heart and life represented. I thank you for your precious word. And Lord, we pray your anointing upon that word as we know the promise that it will accomplish what it's sent to do. Anoint our ears to hear and our hearts to understand. I pray, anoint my mind and lips always is my prayer. That as we preach that it brings you glory. The word of God is delivered clearly and accurately. Hide me behind the cross, I pray. Meet us in these altars and let us leave different than the way we've come. We thank you for it, Lord, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated this evening. And here as we have been preaching out of this and we have been looking, last week we were uh, preaching on the uh, destroying the yokes of bondage. And I want you to understand, and if I can recap a couple of things here before we talk here about uh, tonight, as we look where Christ said, take my yoke upon you. And we're going to look at some of the significance of this and uh, why this is very important to catch. We were talking last week in regards to the fact that there are yokes that are put upon us, that we put ourselves in. There are things that, uh, that the yoke of bondage comes upon us as a result of whether that be uh, choices that we have made, sin that 
that we are involved in. Maybe it is, and we talked a little bit about some things of yokes that have been put upon or that we are placed in in regards as to some are carrying around the yoke of what popular opinion might be. There are others that are under the yoke of, of religious bondage. There's nothing about a relationship with God, but it is a religious bondage and opinionated and, and uh, the ideologies of the world. There are those that are in bondage and they find themselves slaves in pursuit of the things that only they th- that they are only looking to appease the flesh. They are only looking to labor for what things that they might have here on a worldly scale. There are some as that are laboring, amen, for various things that they think will satisfy them, things that they think will soothe a conscience. There are all kinds of things, and we could get into talking about all different types of entrapments and bondages that people can get into. The Word of God, and we were making reference to some of these places last week, but we find as the Word of God says in Isaiah, Isaiah 10 and 27. He said here, it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Amen. In the book of Nahum, we find in chapter 1 verse 13 says, for now will I break his yoke from off thee and will burst thy bonds in sunder. Amen. As we see this tonight, you have to understand and remember here a couple of things that happens. When we find ourselves and we are in yokes and we are in bondage and we are in places that we have put ourselves I was, uh, as I was uh, stating last week that the yoke it was created for the livestock. It was created. oftentimes farmers most in popularity it was a yoke of oxen biblically speaking. We find that term and we see that uh, in many uh, occasions and in much of our reading a yoke of oxen they also they would uh, yoke horses or they would yoke mules together things of that nature and they would also take and they would fabricate yokes that would also uh, what would be what would uh, be considered a modern day stock if you will uh, you'd seen uh, we've seen the advancement of, of uh, handcuffs and sell and, and restraints Strengths for prisoners and things of that nature. But uh, there was a time that from the idea of the yoke that they would use a yoke. They would use livestock yokes and they would put them on slaves. They would put them on prisoners and entrap them. Have them where their head and their neck, their shoulders, there was not the ability to maneuver. It was a a contraption to uh, confine. We find the word of God tells us in the book 
book of 1 Kings that there were kings that rose up and they would destroy yokes of wood and they would create yokes of iron. And what that would imply was is that what burden there was, it was not going to be lifted, but it was going to be made worse. There was going to be more pain. There was going to be more constraint. There was not going to be liberty uh, that could be experienced, but it was used in that terminology and that sense was used of confinement and to, if you will, punish and to hold hostage. We find in this that there are, as I may mention, there are yokes that we can look at and yokes and things that we can find ourselves trapped in, things that we are trying to accomplish. The Word of God had told us here in our text, He said, if you find yourself burdened and weary, if you find yourself, you're laboring and you're heavy laden, He said, this is your invitation to come. We talked about that last week of the fact that if you find yourself in those places, and I can tell you this, 100% of the people in this sanctuary, in one time or another, maybe even this very night, have found yourself wore down, overwhelmed, overrun, and burdened with some things. You're heavy laden. You're working and laboring. And maybe that might fit physically, but a lot of times spiritually, emotionally, in these areas, there are people that are laboring and working and trying, but they are getting nowhere. They find themselves exasperated. They find themselves exhausted. They find themselves in all that they're trying to do and all that they're trying to accomplish that there is nothing that is fruitful from the fields they are trying to plow. And the Lord is saying and reminding and let me reiterate again that in this, in this context that you would say because oftentimes we think of being burdened, we think of being heavy laden, we think of these things as weakness and a lot of times if there's something we are resistant to is for anybody to think we're weak. If there's something we're always trying to prove is that we can do it ourselves. You just get out of the way and I'll show you what I can do, right? We have that attitude. I'm self-sufficient. I'm independent. I'm strong. I'm this. I'm that. Well, congratulations. You're also overwhelmed. You also can't sleep at night. You also have anxiety. You also have ulcers. You also, your mind's running 100 miles an hour. And can I say that in all of our independence and in all of our self-sufficiency, there is one I do not want to be independent of. There is one I do not want to have him out of the equation, but I want him the centerpiece of it all. I tonight want to remind you, church, I know I said it last week, but let me say it again, because you might have forgotten the last seven days. There's some of you, you went right back and tried to pick up some of the same stuff. There's some of you from where you was last week, you might come in tonight saying, I'm guilty, preacher. I've picked it all back up again, and I'm wore out, and I'm exhausted. Let me remind you, he said, I want to make a trade. I want to make a divine 
sign exchange. He said, you give me what you have. He said, and I'm going to give you rest. You give me what troubles you, and I will give you rest. You give me what has your mind occupied. I'll give you peace. You give me your failures and frustration. I'll give you forgiveness. I'll give you mercy. I'll give you hope. You give me your hopeless situations. You give me all the broken pieces. And he says, I'll give you restoration. I want to remind you we serve him who calls to us in this hour. And if there's ever been a time we've ever needed it the most, we need him now. We need the rest of the Lord. We need the peace that only God can give. We need the peace that only God can give. We need to get back to surrender. Amen. Have you noticed that's a silent message in the church? Right? We don't, we don't really preach about surrender anymore. We don't really preach about what it is. You see, there was a time within the church as to where a part of that surrender was activated and enacted as somebody came and was praying something through. Anybody remember that? Did you grow up here and say, and somebody say, you better pray it through, right? Better pray it through. Nowadays, we can't hardly pray at all, much less pray it through. And so I want you to understand that as a part of that surrender, a part of the conflict that happens in prayer is getting ourselves subjected to the will of the Father, getting ourselves in a place where we are willing, Brother Danny, to surrender some of these things over, to give these things over. There's times that we neglect to do so because we, I know we say it with our lips that we trust God. We say it with our lips. You can amen me when you know that he wants to make that exchange and, and give you peace for your struggle and forgiveness and mercy for your failures and, and give you hope for hopelessness. The word of God said beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Amen. All of these things we see this exchange. We know it. We shout about it. We sing about it. But let me tell you something. It's something Brother Segura entirely different. When there are things that we've been battling, when there are things we've been holding on to when there are things that we've been struggling with they become precious to us they become let me say this and you might say where in the world does that fit but they become even sentimental to us we cherish some of those feelings well brother Jacob how can you say that I don't cherish being feeling like I'm failing. I don't cherish feeling like this or, or battling this or whatever the case might be. But here's the thing. We get sentimental and this is a human condition because we come to find in Scripture that on more than one occasion Jesus was asking people if they were willing, if they were ready. We know the story of the man at the pool of Bethesda. 38 years in that case. And we find, Brother Eli, Jesus shows up and he asks that man. He has the audacity 
capacity Jesus already knew the Bible said the condition with which he lived how he was born how long sister Janie he had been there and yet he dared ask the question will you be made whole oh there's a lot of things that we could look and derive from there but let me tell you this there are some of us where the same question is posed even tonight will you find rest will you let me did you know that in all of the times that under our breath or with our attitudes or with our heart that we are saying things like I just wish God would do this am I preaching anybody I just wish God would answer this prayer. I just wish God would do this. Well, one of the main problems is is that we're wanting to dictate to God how we want it done. You see, it's not just about how he about him working. I, I got tickled. There was a lady one time in a church between here and Arkansas, and uh, and she. <laughs> She was real upset about something one time, and she said, she said, all I want is some help. And the Lord immediately prompted my heart, and this was my response. I said, and the Lord wants to give you help, but the problem is you want help the way that you want it done. Now, I, I was kind and I was loving when I said it. I wasn't in her face and ugly. But she paused and right then, Sister Laura, she began to break and cry. And she said, you're exactly right. She said, I say that I want help, but I want help my way. I want help the way I've got it planned out. I want help this. And can I say that when it comes to surrender, it is coming to say, because Christ said, I will give you rest. He and only he. There's no other rival. There's no competition. There's no contender. He knows how to do it. He knows you. He knows the ins and the outs. He knows the intricacy of the situation and the burden that you carry and I want to remind somebody here tonight that if you want him to help there has to be complete surrender there has to be a willingness to say I will lay this down and Lord I'm willing to take that yoke that you have in other words what does that mean I will take what you have fashioned for me I will yield myself to what it is that you have called me to do and called me to be and I will yield to that now let me warn you that's easier said than done right now here in the moment you can agree we're preaching people amen and we can be excited about some things but it's another thing come tomorrow morning when you are confronted with that it's another thing let me share with you here a couple of things. This is why it was so very important. And this was some significance of what Christ was saying about take my yoke upon you. Because it sounds almost contradictory. Why would I exchange one yoke for another? Why would I give up the yoke of bondage and take on another yoke? How does that make sense? Here's a couple of things that I want you to understand. Because we're going to get to this in the, next, in the next week where he said, because I want you to notice there's two phrases that come together here. He said, take my yoke upon you. And then he says, and learn of me. 
So we're going to be talking about what it is to learn of him and how that is incorporated with the yoke as well. But here's a couple of things I want you to understand. This is why there must be the trade and why there must be the surrender. First of all, I want you to understand that that animal, that oxen, that they could only be as productive, Brother Tobin, as much as they were willing to surrender. I want you to hear this. This yoke was an implement for farming. It was an implement as those oxen would go forth to plow that field. To work of what was going to, listen, to produce a harvest. Of something that was going to bring about a harvest that was going to better that farmer, his family, his neighbors, whatever the case might be. They were going to be involved in a work that was productive, that was effective, and that was going to be a blessing and that was going to produce a harvest. Can I just ask somebody tonight, the things that you and I are not willing to to surrender. The yokes that we are not willing to let God break. That anointing, the power of His Spirit, the truth of His Word to set us free from our ideologies, from the I want it my way mentality. Can I ask the question tonight, how is that working for you? Can I ask you the question tonight, how's that going? Did you know Jesus asked the same question? Did you know that? Because it, it sounded a little bit different but let me remind you what he said so that way you can remember he asked this question the Bible said that as he was as Peter and the disciples were out on that boat fishing you know the story they had been fishing all night long they call, were calling it quits daylight had come they were bringing the nets in already cleaned them off rolled them up they were done they were disgusted they had been fishing all over that sea they went to every hunt any hole they could get to every place they knew and they had not caught nothing and Jesus the Bible said brother Wade they toiled all night long and that day as Jesus stood on the bank that morning he sister Wanda yelled out as they were earshot of him and brother Stanley he said children have ye any meat you know it he said, children, have ye any meat? In other words, did you catch anything? Come on here. Did you catch anything? Oh, I imagine. You know how crazy old Peter was. I mean, he's cutting ears off soldiers, cussing around campfire. I mean, he, I've told you before, if he was on my staff, I would have fired him a long time ago. I, I wouldn't have saw the potential in him. Jesus did. Thank God Jesus sees potential that we don't see. And Peter, can you hear him, Brother Danny? I can see him gritting his teeth. You see that jaw flexing when he hears those, have you any meat? What kind of question is that? You, who, who is this over here asking that kind of a question? We've been out here fishing all night long. Doesn't he know that's what I did for a living? Doesn't, I mean, who is this guy? It's, it's kind of like the uh, 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 armchair quarterback, right? The guy, you ain't never played football a day in your life, but you can sit there and scream at that television like you would know what to do if you was out there. 
No, you wouldn't. Amen. You're just a person with an opinion. And that's how he was. He was thinking, oh, who's this standing out there? Who's this hollering at us? And the Lord goes on to tell him, said, I want you to go. And he said, go and cast it on the right side of the ship. And the Bible said when they did it, Sister Lynn, now I don't believe that they just, oh, zippity-doo-dah, we'll go do that. I believe some of them said, what in the world are we doing? We just cleaned the nets. We was going home to sleep. We was going home to lick our wounds. I mean, we hadn't done nothing all night. And you're going to listen to this guy over here, and we're going to go out there and do this all over again. And somebody had enough common sense, said, well, we'll try one more time. And so they cast the net over, Brother Gary, and the Bible said there was so many fish, it began to pull the ship over on the side. You know what Peter did? Sister T, he looked back at the bank and nobody had to tell him anything else. He said, it is the Lord. That's who's over there. It's Christ. Bible says he jumped out of the boat and made his way there. But Christ had to challenge them and say, is what you have done, is it working for you? Do you have any meat? Has it been accomplished? But when they yielded and obeyed the command of Christ, that's when Peter had the revelation. He said, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. Amen. Let me say this. When we talk about his yoke, and as we surrender, as we surrender, he said, take my yoke upon you. I want you to understand is that what Christ would fit us with, with what he would place upon us, it is for us to be productive, effective. And so that what we are trying to accomplish in life, in the kingdom, in all that encompasses us, that it is something that brings about benefit and it brings about a, a, a harvest. Here's what I mean by this. Understand that when we are trying in our own strength, when we are trying to do things in our own way, that it, that it just brings heartache, headache, and frustration. I want you to notice is that the way that the enemy works, the way that the yoke of bondage is, is it's just something fashioned together and you are put in it. And here's what I mean by this. The word of God says this. It says that the wages of sin is what? Death. It's death. No matter how you slice it. It's not, well, this sin is death, but this sin's not. It's not, this sin's okay. And Now, I know the world says that. This thing's okay, but this is, is not. We, we now, the world operates on a sliding morality scale, right? What's, what's okay, what's kind of bad, what's kind of worse, and then what's really bad, right? I remember my, working my first job and there was, at Foot Locker. And across, the, across from the mall from us, Brother Benjamin, there was a Bible bookstore. And uh, one day we hadn't opened the, the store very long and there was a ruckus across the way at that Bible bookstore. And there was a couple of boys, they were running down the mall. And there was security guards running after them. And the manager from the Bible bookstore was out there and he was looking at his book racks and everything. And I walked over, me and my manager walked over and I said, we said, what's going on? They said, well, some of these boys came in and they stole a whole bunch of Bibles and they took off. 
And my manager, he, he, he grew up, he never been in church, never knew anything about the Lord. His name was Randy. And Randy stood there, and, and he and I had several conversations about the Lord. He was always intrigued. He always wanted to know about the Lord. But there was a lot he just didn't know. And he looked at me, and he said, oh, Jake. He said, they just got themselves a one-way ticket to hell, didn't they? Because he thought on his sliding scale of morality that if you stole a Bible, buddy, I mean, you're just going to bust hell wide open. And I said, well, Randy, hopefully one of them will read one of them Bibles they, st- they stole. Amen. I said, and God can forgive them. Amen. I said, I said, I guess there's worse things to steal. I said, that'll probably help them Amen. down the road. But he was so serious. He said, I, he, I mean, he was scared to death. He, oh, they, they're going straight to hell. Because we have, we have the sliding scale. But here's what I'm saying is, is the fact that the payment every time, the penalty every time. Now listen. Now when we say it, when we quote the scripture like that, the wages of sin is death. Well, we get defensive and we'll say, well, you know, but I'm not, I'm not committing any sin there's not anything but I'm okay brother Jake I'm not called up in the bondage of sin I'm not caught so let's say it the the other way that God says it he said to him that knows to do good and does it not to him it's sin to him it's sin and so boy that puts a whole different thought on it doesn't it because there's a lot of us that we know to do better and we don't do it there's a lot of us matter of fact let me say that 90 we'll say 7% of you that are in this building and you've grown up and been around the church and under the church and under some of the best pastors and preaching that you could ever be you cannot stand before God and say I didn't know I wasn't aware no sir no ma'am you've known You've known, and there is responsibility with what you know. There's responsibility with that. And so let me say this, and I promise you I'm getting somewhere with this, is what happens is, is this is always the payment, this is always the penalty, this is always the repercussion for doing it our way. And so Christ, what he is saying, he says, are you tired of always doing it your way? way. Did you know scripture also has something else to say? There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. So I think the word of God has tried to cover its bases upon how we get when we want to do it our way. And let me say this, The bondage is not always a bondage of sin, but there are some things that you are bound up with emotionally and mentally and even spiritually. You're weighed down. You can't be what God would have you to be because you are tied to those things. And it snowballs and it compiles. And we got people now. Did you know that now within the church, there used to be a time, you know, it was, it was well, I don't like that preacher and I don't like this. And, and there's still some of that. But now, did you know if you, start, if you start polling people that it's more so along the lines of, you know what, I just kind of got, got tired and wore out. And I was praying this and God wasn't doing that. And 
I was this and this wasn't happening. I was, I was there, preacher. I was there. I was doing this. And what it, what it boils down to is it's that snowball effect of when we keep trying to do it our way. And then that brings about frustration. You know what frustration brings about? Temptation. And temptation, if it's not kept in check and if it's not dealt with, it leads to sin. And, and, and it, it just snowballs, Brother Eli. And before long, we look up and we're not where we were. And we look up and we're not even in at all. We look up and we're cold and we're indifferent because we're doing it our way. We're doing it our way. And so Christ says, that's not working. He says, so take my yoke upon you. And here is why this is so important. It t- I, I know I've went 10 miles out of the way to get to this point. But I want you to understand something. Is that when a farmer was going to fit, catch that word, he would fit his oxen with the yoke. What does that mean? He didn't go down to tractor supply and find one size fits all oxen. He didn't do that. He didn't go down there and say, all right, boys. We're going to put this in and they was in there all cumbersome and they were there and couldn't, couldn't operate and couldn't do. But here's what was significant and why Christ said, take my yoke upon you. Because Christ was saying, I know you like nobody else. I know you and I know your situation. And let me say it like this. He could also say, I know the work that's ahead of you in your life, the fields I want you to plow, the harvest I want you to gain, the benefit I want you, your family, and all that come in contact with you that I want them to experience. But it's only going to happen if you will take my yoke. He said, I fit it. You see, that farmer, what he would do, Brother T, he would take measurements of his oxen. He would look at the girth of their neck. He would look at their size. And he would do all of these things. And then they would have that made. It would be shaped. It would be fashioned for that oxen. Can I say tonight is that when Christ is asking you to surrender. I've heard people say. And let me check the time. I'm just about out. There, there, are, there are folks that just say, well, the church, they just want to create a bunch of robots. They just want a bunch of people do all the same things, all this kind of stuff. What did I say? What did I say a few Sundays back? I said, if you want to see the sign of a dead, dried up church that's just that's not doing anything, it's going to be a church where everybody looks the same, acts the same, does the same, right? Amen? Amen, Brother Jake? Right? We get a little bit nervous when we start talking about, well, you mean not everybody's going to be like me? Not everybody's going to be as spiritual as me? Not everybody's going to, yeah, let me tell you. And that's what we need. We need the differences. We need the differences. We need folks at different stages and levels and experiences. We need people in these moments, in these different areas of their walk with God. And here's what's so beautiful about it. And, and there's going to be more come out in this, in this sermon series as I talk about it. It's because, Brother Gerard, God has fitted you. He will place His yoke upon you for this time, for this season for what he has for you and what 
what and what it is. And just as he would for me or Sister Torbert or whatever. Because we all are in unique places and seasons in our life. There are things that we are all experiencing. And, and some things have common denominators. Some things are unique. But the one thing that draws us all together is the Lord says, take my yoke. I have specified it. I know what I want to do in you. I know what I want to do through you. I know how to make this better. I know how to help you to be productive. I know how to help you gain a harvest if you will yield, surrender, and take my yoke upon you. Brother Danny, Sister Carolyn, if you'd come. Let me say this here. The yoke was a burden of weight made from a wooden beam that was carved out, personally fitted to rest upon the shoulders of oxen. Something that's interesting to note is how the specificity was to the oxen using it. Listen, one of the things that they, the farmer made sure to do is as it was fashioned, as it was shaped and carved, that yoke was smoothed out so that none of the oxen were injured while carrying the load. So that you would not be injured while carrying the load. Listen, David said it like this when he was trying to do it his way. Psalm 38 and 4, he said, My iniquities are gone over my head. My papa would use this term, you bit off more than you can chew. He said, my iniquities are gone over my head. And this is what he went on to say, Sister Sandy. As a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. There are some things when it's your way, when you want to figure it out, when you want to deal with it, when you will not surrender to it, your work, your labor, it's too heavy. And guess what happens? You get wounded. You're injured. You're not functioning the way that God wants you to function. There are things, please hear me, if there's nothing else you hear tonight, there are some things that you are carrying and it is too heavy for you. There are things that you are carrying and not only is it too heavy for you, but let me say this, there are some things you're trying to carry and some fields you're trying to plow and God said, I never asked you to be there. I never asked you to do it. I never asked you to carry that, to be there. You see, if we tried to go outside of God's plan and provision, His yoke, He said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Benjamin, from there, he said, for my yoke is easy. It fits. I've fashioned it in a way that it's going to help you, Anna, and not hurt you. I've fashioned this in a way that you would be able to be productive and reap a harvest and not be so hindered. Understand, this is what the Lord knows about us. Psalms 103, 13 says, Like as a father pitieth 
his children. So the Lord pitieth those that fear him. Says, for he knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. So, Sister Gloria, what this means is when he fashions and when he makes and all of the things that have brought us to where we are right now, Sister Linda, all the things, all of life experiences, all of the things that represent who you are right now, the Lord says, I've formed and I've fashioned and I've got something. And David said this, he said, he knows my frame. Can I tell somebody tonight that what it is you're dealing with and what it is maybe a burden that you're carrying, maybe a situation, a season that you might be in, I want to stop right here and tell someone, the same God who said, I will give you rest, He also declares, I know your frame. Take my yoke upon you. I formed it. I fashioned it. It's for you. It's for you. It's here to help you. It's here to help you. He said, I'm showing mercy. I'm wanting to get your attention. He said, I understand you're like dust. I understand. In other words, God says, Brother Tobin, he says, I know your limits. I know what you can and can't handle. I know what will and will not break you. I see, he says, I've put the maximum capacity sign on you. I know what you're able to do. But, Brother Jacob, we're in the middle of something. I know the argument could be, Sister T, we're in the middle of something we've never been in. How is this God's mercy shown? We could say, Sister Carmen, I've never been in this season. I've never had to deal with some things I'm dealing with. We could say, all of us could testify, Brother Chad, we could say the day-to-day, it drives me insane. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. But there's a heavenly father who said, come to me. I'll help you. I've got a yoke for you. Would you surrender? I'm going to help you through this. I know your frame. I know your frame. I know your dust. I know what you can and can't handle. We all know this. Jeremiah 29 and 11, I know the thoughts, he said, I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Can I tell somebody? I know you're being patient with me. I know I've been preaching a little while. Can I tell somebody tonight? God's not out to get you. He's not out to destroy you. You might feel like you're on the brink. You might feel like, well, Brother Jake, you just, you just don't know. That's one thing for you to say it with that microphone, but you don't know. You know what? I don't know all the ins and outs of your situation, but here's what I do know. I do know God's heart. And he said, I know what I think towards you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. He said, I want to give you an, ex- an expected end. I want you to know that there's benefit. I want you to know there's harvest. I want you to know I fashioned a yoke so that you are able to plow the fields that are set before you. And we're going to get into some more of the specifics about that yoke. There's so much that's so rich. 
There's so much there. But tonight, can I challenge somebody in this house? What is it that you're still fighting with? What is it that you're not willing to just let the Lord have? What is it that you're trying to bear it? You're trying to carry it. You're trying. Just watch me. Just watch me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to plow up this field. Just watch me. I'm going to do it. And it's, it's just it's not being done. It's not going to get done. You can't will your way there. You'll quit. Well, you don't know me, Brother Jake. You just watch me. Careful. That's pride. And what the Word of God says about pride says you'll have a great fall. You can't do it on your own. Lord, I will trade that yoke of bondage. And I want to take your yoke. Your yoke. It's custom fitted, Brother Eli, for you, for me, for your situation and your sister gay. Every one of us. Every one of us for the benefit. Father, tonight you see every heart and you know every need. Lord, tonight you see every load and you know every burden. Lord, you are aware of things that we have have been self-imposed and some things that have been created. Some things we're locked up in and we're battling and you've never asked us to. Some things we're trying to lift and move and you never wanted us to do so. And Lord, tonight I pray you challenge us. Help us, Lord, that first we're willing to surrender. We're willing to admit, I cannot do this myself. I cannot. Lord, I cannot. I've tried my way. I've tried my rationale. I've tried my reasons. I've my strength, but I just can't do it. I need your help. Remember, the Word of God said, those yokes of bondage would be broken by way of the anointing. When we come to terms and grips and say, Lord, I can, but you can. He knows you tonight. He knows what he has for you. He not only sees where you are right now, he sees tomorrow. And in his omniscience, he sees to the very end of your life. And he knows that if you'll take his yoke upon you, he's going to help you to plow fields that are going to produce harvest and be of benefit make an impact not only in your life but the lives of those around you I wonder tonight how many of us would say Lord I want to yield there's some things I've got to yield there's some things I've got to I've got to quit I've got to quit trying to figure it out your mind is heavy, your heart is heavy oh rest isn't coming well, there's all these things that are going on and tonight can I encourage you would you surrender it would you take his yoke upon you tonight? Would you allow him to, would you hear him say he's fashioning and he's got something fitted for you? Oh, precious Lord. If that's us tonight, can we come? Won't you come right now? Won't you step out from where you are? Why don't we come to this altar? Why don't we come to this altar and say, Lord, even now, even now, Lord. Oh, even now, Lord, I've been tired, I've been weary, I've been fighting, I've been struggling. Lord, here I am. I I want those yokes broken. I need the anointing of the Holy Ghost to break that yoke. And Lord, help me that I would take your yoke upon me. Oh, that I would would allow that which you fashioned and fitted me for. I would allow that, oh God, which you have put together. You know the 
ins and outs, the intricacy of my life. Oh, but Lord, tonight, I pray, I pray, Lord, for your help. She was kneeling. 